up, listeners? We took two weeks off and like are trying to, we are much like Stella, we are trying to get our groove back. And we're both very tired. I think that's fair to say. Work has been a beast lately for the both of us. Quite the beast. Yes, ma'am. But today, today, today is a momentous day because we're talking. Ghost Rider! Word. Word. Oh, what a formative, formative, formative show for two outer borough gals, two outer borough nerds, you know, like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now we're, we're introducing language you, that we, I you, do not claim. You called yourself a nerd. Borough. You called no, yourself. No, nerd, a, I'm fine with. Oh, okay. Outer borough, bitch. No, but I'm from Brooklyn. But, the, um, the but we're in the outer the universe. We're in the outer mm-hmm. boroughs. Like outer boroughs. Uh, that sounds like very Staten Island like. That's like bridge and tunnel. That's like bridge and tunnel. <laughs> we are not bridge and tunnel. But that makes Manhattan the inner borough, like the only I know, borough that is I in know. the inner. But I mean, that but that was part of the culture for us growing up. Like uh, Manhattan was the I city. Know. You know, I know. It's it's a real thing. Um and it's we're also talking spot. about I I understand. But but we are talking about like what Brooklyn the perception of Brooklyn in the early 90s, which was like still an outer borough. Ouch. But it's also like a point of pride, you know? I right? will concede this point. I will concede this point. Wow. You are, you, you are right. <laughs> but yeah, a bunch of Brooklyn nerds uh, solving mysteries, solving, I guess, very low level juvenile crimes most of the time. No, no. Sometimes they're like international crimes that actually <laughs> require... Interpol to be involved, and Interpol is not involved. But you know who is these like six kids from Brooklyn, right? These six like twelve-year-olds crimes. <laughs> so can we like, I guess, give a little synopsis? I have loved, I must say. So we're talking Ghost Rider, PBS program, very formative, especially for tri-state area kids. And we're still trying to figure out, like, was this a local show? So what I found out in researching this in the last week or so is that it was produced by Sesame Workshop. Yes. And it was co-produced by BBC. So... I didn't know that. That actually explains the whole London episode. Uh. <laughs> you're like, otherwise, you're like, why the fuck did, did Jamal go to London? And why is there a crime in London? <laughs> like, what the hell? It's because it was airing on BBC Kid Channels as well, and they had to do, like, a crossover. So... Where should we start? Because I mean, I mean, there's so many things to talk about, like so many. Well, what I've loved about watching. So I watched the first. um, So you have these like little mini series and it's like each crime, I guess, or each mystery is like five half an hour episodes. Right. But it's one story over five episodes told very, very, very slowly (laughs) and very 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 repetitively did you miss episode one we're gonna make sure we recap like all of episode one in episode two did you miss episodes one and two because episode three we're gonna recap episodes one and two in three oh and if did you miss all three are you on episode four for the first time watching this we're gonna recap the whole series in this this one this whole mini series in this one episode it is. It's like honestly, it's like it's like Babysitters Club, like on steroids, like right. where they make sure you know everything that ever happened ever before. 
And it's funny because, like, we we love giving so much shit to this show for that, like, and for, like, how achingly slowly the characters write down the clues and everything. And then I think I was reading some, like, where are they now kind of thing um, or something about Ghost Rider and how slowly they write. And um, and I think they, like, it was in the opening of the article and it was just, it framed the show as, like, an educational show for kids, like, teaching them how to read and write. And I was like, oh, <laughs> sense it's like a blues clues for like for kids sort of like but with middle yes. schoolers i knew that at the time and it did not <laughs> at the time it, i knew that at the time it and that that didn't that didn't, didn't, help. That didn't help me it didn't you're, help i just you're went, still oh. impatient like give me the story no 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 so here's the thing so the only the only thing i thought was trash about the show at the time was the writing in the casebook so just to give some <laughs> background here. So every time the characters take on a case, they keep track of the case's development in this case book where mm-hmm. they write down the suspects and clues and they, you know, methodically document like every major turning point in the case. But they always show you like the handwriting um, of every suspect. And it's like this very slow. It takes up like like good like minutes of the episode it's just watching them write in this case book Mm -hmm. and that part annoyed the hell out of me what i didn't what i was not prepared for um and i still feel like we need to take a step back and just explain the concept like with ghost writer yeah oh yeah absolutely we have to we have to explain all of that but like what pissed me off re-watching it was like how bad all of the show was like not just those scenes but the whole show is bad and i didn't know that then no like i watched it no like it does not hold up at all. I feel like everything no. else we've written, everything else we have, we have, we have, we have focused on in our podcast to date, holds up over time. I would love to watch Teen Witch on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Sister Act Two. Anytime it plays, I'm gonna watch it. Rewatching Ghost Rider was painful. I had to rewatch it and rewatch it and rewatch it because I kept losing interest. <laughs> and I was like, oh wait, I, I'm like, oh wait, I already like lost interest in this. I have to rewatch it so I can like commit enough to memory to do this podcast episode oh my god it was so bad the cat the acting is terrible the acting's atrocious but like i love watching the bad mystery acting. solving the mystery solving is terrible like, yeah the mystery solved it takes them forever to realize really basic things like really basic things like really all, as a matter basic. Of fact, like okay so it's so like they'll they'll notice something that if you just make an obvious inference would probably tell them who the 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 um right. perpetrator is right. and then they say the furthest and then they say the furthest thing from that like they make like the most like <laughs> attenuated distant reasoning happen and then it takes them a whole four episodes to get back to the most obvious thing that if they had just like thought about the obvious thing in the beginning because the given them the five in one episode it's so true it's so true and i wonder like while i'm watching it now i wonder if the kid actors were just feeling so impatient when they were in the show you know what i mean because they were they were having to like dumb themselves down in order to be in storytelling that played out like that you know what i mean um Maybe that's why Gabby quit. <laughs> I also, I also thought to my okay. So pulling back, let's let's like do a like pull back. Let's talk about we the characters. Let's we talk about who Ghost Writer yes, is. Exactly, 
Exactly. Um, so it starts out with, I loved watching the, the first series because I loved seeing the origin story of the Ghost Rider team. That actually made me pretty emotional. I'm not going to lie. And maybe it's just that I'm overworked right now. And my emotions are all like right here. <laughs> like I was literally like, oh, my God, it's the origin story of the Ghost Rider team. Um, I know. I know. I was getting emotional about Alex and Tina, like and shipping them and potentially Jamal and Lenny. Like what's going on there? So Jamal Jenkins, he's a Brooklyn kid. He lives in a brownstone question mark. Right. I want to just pause for the name Jamal Jenkins. Jamal like, Jenkins. They picked the blackest, blackest, blackest <laughs> possible name for a character. Like, I think like Jackson, I think Jenkins is like the blackest surname ever to exist. I I would agree. I would agree. Like, there's yeah, a, like, I can't, there, like, I'm there, hard like, pressed to think of another one that's. I mean, I think other, you know? other people would tell you like Smith, Jones, whatever. No, no. there because there are white Smiths and Jones right. out there. Okay. But like hard pressed to find a white Jenkins. Yeah. Like and, and by the way, if we find you, if you're out there, contact us. We want to meet you. Where are white Jenkinses? <laughs> Where are they? Where are they? Where are Ra- they? Rally, rally Jenkins. Rally white Jenkins. Um, to use a ghostwriter term. Um, so Jamal Jenkins. Um, and for, I have so much to say about Jamal, but like, so Jamal. <laughs> Jamal, I'm already getting punchy. Jamal is in a Brooklyn brownstone with his parents, his older sister, who's about to go off to college, and his grandma, Grandma Jenkins, who, from my memory, is like the main figure in his life, like over the course of the series. So as I was re-watching that first episode, I was like, do Jamal's parents take his sister to college and just never come back? Because I don't remember no, they come back. They them. come back. And it's Samuel L. Jackson, by the way, playing his father. Temporarily. So this is great. So right. So I re- so in doing my research, I saw that Samuel Samuel L. Jackson played his father at first. But then there's an episode in a later season where they go, the episode I was just mentioning, where it takes place in London, mm-hmm. where Jamal goes to London with his parents. Oh, so they do okay. make they, they do make, um, he, they do make another appearance, although it's no longer Samuel L. Jackson in the dad role. Of course, because Samuel and, L. Jackson was um, doing Spike Lee movies by that point, and he was just like, bye. <laughs> yes, but we, but we are supposed to infor, infer that Jamal's family is like middle upper middle class mm-hmm. because... Felicia Rashad as Felicia Rashad and her then husband are staying at the same hotel in London. Oh, um, with, I gotta with, watch that. With, with, with their real life daughter, Condola, who's, um, if you watch Insecure, there's a character in the last season, Condola, Condola. Yep. is named eponymously named after Felicia Rashad's daughter. It's a whole thing. Anyway, so little Condola is like in the episode and you're just like, oh, I see what you did there. Like, you know, Cosby reference, Brownstone, mm-hmm. Living Jamal, travels across the pond and mm-hmm. sees Felicia Rashad, which is meant to signal to us that he's like supposed to be well to do. Anyway, but I say that because it's his his grandmother is a postal worker, from what I remember. Yes, she is. And so she's so she's like very much squarely like, you know, lower middle class, middle class um, individual, but like interfamilially, intergenerationally, they're well, they're better off is how I read all of that. Got it. Yeah. And I feel like she's rarely seen not in her USPS uniform. She's like often wearing her USPS sweatshirt. It's very cute. I like it. I like her as a character. Me too. I like her so much. And I I love that actress. She's been in a a whole bunch of shit. Um, But I also feel like this show in general, like 
it just has this amazing like New York City early 90s like educational I don't know what I'm trying to say you know what I mean it just has like that vibe it it just it literally if, looks like what growing up in the early does. 90s in Brooklyn looked like like it does the wardrobe I'm like oh shit like everything legit was a fashion icon well, not even that, but like, so that means I am one as well because literally, were, like, a lot is nerdier than Lenny. Like, literally, like, we have the same clothes. Like, I went to school, yeah. particularly in fifth grade. I hated that shit almost immediately because it was so trendy. But like, where you had like those blouses that had like the long, like, draping collar thing, where it was just mm-hmm. like, you know, what I'm talking about like where it's just like, mm-hmm. I can't even describe it accurately, but it's just like feathery, blousey. Mm-hmm. There was like lots of shit hanging off the top of the blouse. Anyway, she has like fifteen of those, and she wears them all the time. She wore she vests a lot of hats. A lot. I wore a lot vests of vests, a lot. a lot of hats. I also wore a lot of vests. Yeah, yeah. buttons, lots yeah. of buttons on her tops yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. do we need to discuss who these people are? For a little yeah, bit? I mean, so okay. Jamal, yeah. like, he basically is like, it's an ensemble show. But if you had to pick like a hero or a protagonist, like Jamal's the protagonist. Yeah. He starts the mm-hmm. Ghost Rider team, basically. Mm-hmm. And I feel like of the families that are featured, although we do get to see most of them throughout the series, yes. like Jamal's relationship with his grandmother is the anchor. Yes. Most of the scenes, when they, in, especially early on, happen in his room in terms of like their connection to Ghost Rider, things like yeah. that. Yeah. And I have to say, like, I got, I think I probably got emotional mainly because I haven't really watched this show since it was on so much. And I think... The minute we like went into Jamal's room for the first time, I got really emotional because I was like, oh, my God, I spent so much time in that room as a kid. You know what I mean? Just watching that show. It it was like a really like a cultural cornerstone, like being in his bedroom. It's great that you were able to go there emotionally. (laughs) That's great for you. (laughs) I spent spent most of my rewatch being like, what the fuck is this? I want to spend at least five minutes towards the end talking about the reboot of Ghost Rider, which I also gave a whirl, which was way stronger. But so we have Jamal. Then we also have Lenny, who is the only daughter of a musician. Single dad, I assume, right? Single dad. We never see her mom. mom, Her mom apparently died either in childbirth or early on. Like, um, yeah. And she's a budding musician herself, which we will come back to. She's a budding rap artist, dare I say? <laughs> Maybe I would just say artist. <laughs> like <laughs> she raps. I'm putting that in quotes. She's she dabbles in genres. You yeah. know. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, gotta you gotta believe. believe. But I like um, I like Jamal's contribution to that song, which is boom shakalaka boom. That whole part. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so you've got Jamal, Alex. Lenny, Alex, Alejandro, who, Alejandro. Was, who was my big, big crush as a child, him and his younger sister, Gabby, who is probably my favorite ch- of the child actors, I would say, as I'm rewatching it. Oh. She's pretty solid. She's pretty solid of all of them. We need, we need to like really unpack Gabby then because like There's so much to unpack. She, she's she, she's arguably the best actress on, actor on the show. <laughs> she leaves early. She, yep. Like Judy, tellingly like Judy upstairs, original Aunt Viv type shit where she just is gone. She and disappears then, like, and she gets yeah, replaced. Replace uh, so Gabby There's and Tina. Alex, Tina, who's Vietnamese. I I. Yes, the I actress presume. is definitely Vietnamese, um, so I assume her character is supposed to be. 
I don't know yeah. if we ever learn that. And uh, she has a little love affair with Alejandro, which, like, honestly, yes. I only remember, but I didn't watch we, in any of my rewatches. I didn't see any evidence of it, so I was like, What's in the first, in the very first episode um, that she's in, which I can't remember if it's the first episode, but she's like making a documentary or a video about like all the kids whose backpacks are being stolen. And then, so she's interviewing Gabby at Gabby and Alex's house, and then Alex and Jamal come in, and they literally play this little, like, romantic little trilling music thing when Alex looks at Tina, and he goes, hey, and it goes like, (laughs) (laughs) it's so ridiculous and amazing. Um, So, in a later season, in a later (laughs) season I was watching last night, uh, she comes over, Tina comes over to Alex and Gabby's house. And Alex doesn't seem to know where Tina is, nor does he seem to care, because mm-hmm. Gabby ex- ex- basically tells him, like, oh, Tina's doing such and such today. And I was like, are they, did they break up at some point in the series? Because there was just like this weird moment where I was like, why would Gabby know more about Tina's whereabouts than you do? Like, what's happening right now? And so I, I just like wondering about if they break up at some point. And I kind of feel like I remember maybe they did. I think so I want to say my interpretation or my memory of Ghost Rider and the Alex Tina of it all was that they handle their relationship much like Saved by the Bell would often handle Zach and Kelly. Like sometimes they were together, sometimes they weren't. And there wasn't really like a linear arc to it or an explanation with the exception of the one time that they like really, really break up like at the prom. Which, After by the she, way, like, is like she, she's on some, him. Of the most dra- some of the most traumatic television ever. It's so and, good. Like, fucks with me every time. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Like, I why can't. Are, why are Kelly and Zach not together? Yeah, Alex and Tita. I, I feel like their their arc is like all over the place and nonlinear and like not really explained oh. all of the time. But yeah, they have a little like something something. And I felt like I don't know if Jamal and Lenny ever like officially get together, but there's definitely like something there a little bit. At least in the Jamal first. Has, Jamal, Jamal gets a girlfriend later on. Does he? Um, yeah. And in one of the cases, um, she's implicated. Like, she Is that is in the Max trouble. Mouse one? Yes. Because I was, it? I'm not done with it yet, but I'm in the middle of it. They're like pulling her out of the, like, <laughs> the cop is yes. like pulling her. And the principal, Mrs. Kelly, is like, we'll figure like, this oh my out. God, we'll figure <laughs> this out, Jasmine. Okay. Did you not see the next scene where they're in Jas- they're in Jamal's room and he's like, if they get, if they, get if they come after Jasmine, I'm gonna like beat them up, like, <laughs> and he's like all like sh- like chivalrous, whatever. And no, like, I can't, Jamal. I can't wait for that. <laughs> Jamal, what's happening? Right? I think Stop that's probably I stopped right before that, but like, can we have a moment for Jamal's acting? For excuse me, Sheldon Turnipseed's acting, and I was trying to like remember what his name was before I started rewatching it, and I kept going back to Parsnip, like. <laughs> And I was like, unfortunate names. I was like, his name is is like ridiculous, and it's something like parsnip. And I was like, but that can't be it. And then I watched it, and it was turnip seed, which is almost parsnip. It's almost (laughs) parsnip. (laughs) They're similar. They're related. I would have. I mean, I would have definitely chosen a different name. If that's my if, that, if that's my birth name, I was not I was not going to become an actor with my surname being turned up. See, that just invites so much. We're laughing at you thirty years later, and it didn't have to be like that. Sure. You could have chosen a different name. Anyway, I looked okay. him up on Instagram just to see if he maybe had an account. If he does, it is not under the name Sheldon Turnipseed. So maybe he took your advice later in life and changed his name. 
Maybe he did. I don't know. So, we still haven't completed all the characters, right? Because we have we Hector. Have, we have it. So Hector. <laughs> Hector, Hector, Hector. I love I him. mean, look, he honestly, obviously went on to have more fame than the rest of the cast. So yeah. we have to just give Hector. Gotta give Hector his props. He went on to real world yes. Philadelphia fame. So there's that. Um, but poor Hector as a character. I mean... It's so embarrassing what they do to him and how they paint him and how like he's kind of like patronized by the other characters. Right. All the time. It's so gross. It's so so gross. They they treat him like a baby. It's it's so weird. They they treat him like he has a disability. Right. And like and that they don't know how to support a student who may have a learn. Like like I I actually think it might have been intentional. Like I think it was meant to even potentially bring in like a neurodiverse like character into the thing because um, i remember specifically maybe how his character's brought on is that he's like struggling with reading or something like yes. they make a point yes. of being like he's struggling but then you can still talk and treat him like a regular person like they literally right. treat him like something's wrong with him all the time it's so annoying then there's rob who was like oh that's right on it very briefly and i was so attracted to him he's actually like he actually looks like a younger jc from insync well, there's the new Gabby who barely makes an impression. Not cool. Yeah, they, they did a little uh, little actor switcheroo, which I didn't appreciate. And um, I actually, I wonder if it was because, so the original OG Gabby, who's amazing. Um, I wonder if, because I remember like over the course of a few seasons, she kind of grows up a lot. Like she goes through a lot of puberty and like literally grows. And I wonder if they recast her with a younger actor because they wanted the age difference to be like more apparent i don't know because like alex is supposed to be a couple years older than her because she's in like fifth grade and he's in seventh when they start the series um and they when when they recast her they recast a, a much younger looking actor yeah right anyway i don't know but it was it was devastating but you think that she probably left the show of her own accord because she, like, was too good for it. Hopefully she just... I mean, I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. Like, hopefully she realized yeah. how bad it was and just got out. She was like, let me out! Um, <laughs> but now we're coming to my favorite my favorite supporting character. Um, we haven't even talked about I, Ghost Rider yet, but... <laughs> I know. But, but, but guys, guys, did you know Julia Stiles... Oh, yeah. Was featured on many Ghost Rider episodes. She was in more than one series with a nose ring. So we'll talk about. You can talk about her more later. But those of you who know me know that I love Julia Stiles. At least I definitely did twenty years ago. Her acting is actually still the same, which is problematic. It's true. So <laughs> that means that Julia Stiles also has a, a house of acting that we should explore. We'll come back. She to sure it. does. She does. <laughs> She does. Actually, I was rewatching. Um, it was on TV, so I was rewatching uh, Mona Lisa Smile recently because they shot it when I was at Wellesley, and uh, it was like my sophomore year. They shot the film on campus, and it's about my my college. Um, and she is in that, and she totally has a school of acting, especially in that movie. Like, goddamn. So yeah, Julia Stiles, the most important character, arguably, is Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. We don't know where he came from. He just showed up one night. Did you know that he's a runaway slave? Right. I remember that from like, they, they don't, they reveal his origin story, like in a later, like one of the later episodes, right? I don't even know if they reveal it during the series. Um, I thought they did. But definitely in like post-series 
write-ups like mm-hmm. they're um clear about that yeah yeah because he's um so he lives in like a book in jamal's basement mm-hmm. and when they so like when they're moving jamal's older sister to college she goes to you pen by the way um, hey, Pen. Yeah, one like a book falls off the shelf when he and his father are like bringing a trunk upstairs, and Ghost Rider is in that book, and he like flies out of the book and then goes onto Jamal's shirt <laughs> and like comes up into Jamal's room. Um, so Ghost Rider is a ghost who communicates to the children through words so he can't speak and he can't he can't hear he can't talk to quote the opening credits yeah yeah um but if you write something to him he can read it and he can respond by writing back to you on the computer screen or on you know a piece of paper so they write to him and they they sort of they use him to help them solve mysteries okay so those are so those are the characters there's actually a guy named calvin who has amazing hair Holy shit. They also don't they switch the the actor that plays Calvin at some point? Because in the very, very early days, it's the same kid who plays um, the bully in the Sandlot in like the the first round of episodes. Mm. It's that actor. And I forget his name. I think it's like Will something. Hold on. Now I need to look him up. You got to look him up. But then in later seasons, it's some other kid who has phenomenal '90s hair. He has like that mushroom. Okay, cut. so then, so that, so then, we're not talking about the same person because I'm talking about phenomenal '90s hair guy, Will Horneff. I knew he had a Will Horneff. Horneff. Mm-hmm. Horneff. American former he was child born in actor. 1979. Jesus Christ, that makes me feel. He's from Jersey, so of course he was on Ghost Rider, because it was all, like, New York actors. Ew, this guy is not cute at all. Yeah, I don't Sorry, know Will Horneff. You're fucking shit up. Um, but you know who is amazing? The guy with the amazing 90s hair who comes to play Calvin in later seasons. See, yeah, if you look, if you look, he was on, uh, he was Calvin, but only for two episodes, and then the other dude took over. Calvin Ferguson. And I love that he's just there the whole series, just being annoying and obnoxious and trying to. Hit and on he Lenny. has a crush on Lenny. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then she tries to like sidle up to him just to get some information. She's learning at an early age how to use her feminine wiles. Yeah, exactly. It's important lesson for, for all of us. Important, <laughs> crucial. Right. Um, I'm being sarcastic. Lenny Frazier Joey, to me. J- first of all, Oop. his name is Joey Shea. Oh, I, I love that. Him. I love. <laughs> Hello, hello, Joey Shea. He, he's hello. a good. He's a good looking dude. He's a good. He's a, looking but he has he has dude. no image on IMDb. For real, come though. On, come on. This looks he's like him. Older. Oh, this is him. I found him. He was born. He got faces in '77. He got faces. He got pictures. Um, there's a Ghostwriter Team website. Ghostwriterteam.fandom.com. Joey Shea. Ghostwriterteam.fandom.com. Hello. Hello, Joey Shea, my boo. Joey Shea. Oh, hello. Yeah, he's a good looking dude. <laughs> he looked good. He grew up to be hot. Hello. I know. But like, look at that fucking 90s hair. Ugh. Yeah, it's outstanding. Just, uh, it's out fucking standing. He should be like in the encyclopedia for like a mushroom cut. Okay, so Ghost Rider. Why is Ghost Rider formative? And why was it so like apart from how like... 
how it moves at a glacial pace and the acting is atrocious which i just want to we need to do some like deep dive into like why the acting is so atrocious and like all that shit um there's probably a ghostwriter school of acting um but why was ghostwriter near and dear to our hearts why did we love it so much as kids well, it took place in Brooklyn, so That's right. that part's easy. They all were in Brooklyn. Yeah. They felt they felt familiar. Uh-huh. They felt very familiar. Even now watching it, I'm like, oh yeah, these are like kids that we grew up mm-hmm. with, basically. Yeah. And we didn't really Sorry, see y'all. that representation anywhere else, really. Right. I liked I like watching people write. So um I mean the penmanship is is nice. <laughs> like do you think as part of the rehearsal process, they all went through like a writing workshop where they had to get to the same style of penmanship? Because they all kind of have know. the same handwriting, sort of, right? I don't know. I was a big nerd and I thought it was cool that they were like a team and that they all had matching pen necklaces and I liked their... <laughs> Like, I liked all the things that make them so fucking nerdy and that I laugh at now. Like, I thought were really cool and I wanted to do. I definitely wanted a Ghostwriter pen. I wanted a rope pen. I think everyone did. Same. And I think I got one. I got a bunch of, like, red rope pens and tried to make me and a few of my friends in fifth grade, like, our own special team. And we called ourselves the Scarlet Sensations. And it lasted for, like, two days. And then it disappeared. I, wow. I really, you know, like the line in Mean Girls, like, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Like, someone <laughs> yeah. needed to tell me, like, stop make, trying to make the Scarlet Sensations happen. It's not going to happen. Like, you're just really way too hung up on Ghost Rider and trying to be part of the Ghost Rider team. And you need to calm the fuck down and stop being a huge fucking nerd. Go outside. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I want to laugh about that hysterically. Um, <laughs> my mouth was full at the moment, so I could not. But. I'm laughing. I'm laughing inside. Um, and you shouldn't feel bad about it because honestly, like, the shit took place in Brooklyn. So, like, it felt accessible. Like, it felt like you could just open up your own case book and start a club. And then you too. Maybe Ghost Rider would come find you too. Right. Like, I get it. Right. I was upset that I. It go, and it goes back to that whole, like, being really into horror and, like, wanting. Like, when we talked about Teen Witch, I talked about how, like, I had fantasies about wanting to have special powers. Like, I wanted ghosts to talk to me. I wanted, like, to have some magic and some supernatural shit in my life. And it wasn't there. It just wasn't. So shall we dig into one or more of these cases so we can just explain? We can do that. To listeners, can, like, can we talk briefly about the acting, though? So we, I mean, we, we, you and I spoke like offline about Jamal and how like stunted his speaking patterns are. It's just very like he breaks up his sentences in ways that are, it's, it's like high schooler in a musical, like kind of acting. They all kind of are doing that basically. They have to, when they flash back to like clues that they've picked up, how they always like look off into the distance and like stroke their chin kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alex yeah. is really bad. Jamal, what is so the that? bad act? So the bad acting. <laughs> bad um, acting is so good. It's so good. I mean, Hector and Hector and Jamal annoy me. Annoy me the most. Um, after I, I mean, I'm you know Hector. I'm in your corner. Like I, I Same. fully you know see how they fucked you over as a character. Yeah. And it's hello, you're hello annoying. So 
I mean, it's both Anne. <laughs> yeah. You're both Anne. Um, Tina comes across as like overzealous, like always. Hmm. I haven't watched enough with Tina to make because she's not really in the pilot arc that much because she's not yet a part of the Ghost Rider team. And I haven't completed yeah. the Max Mouse arc. But yeah, she just she just gets like very excited about potential clues like all the time. Mm. She'd be like, oh, my God, I saw a paper in the trash can. Like maybe Ghost Rider's trying to tell us something. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess they were all maybe like coached a little bit to act as though like they were acting for children, maybe. Yeah. Which is sort of like when you're doing children's theater and you have to like overdo everything and make everything very exciting and, you know, exaggerated. I'm giving them way more credit than. What's (laughs) weird about it is like, I buy that if like, and you know, we don't, I didn't know kids that were a lot younger than us, but like, it could be Mm -hmm. the case that like kids in kindergarten were watching Ghost Rider. Right. Maybe it was for them. Maybe that's true. But like we were in middle school or upper elementary middle school watching Ghost Rider. I know. And I didn't they didn't they didn't need need to do that for me. No, like, they didn't. You know, no, they didn't. I was I, I was watching Ghost Rider and Nine Inch Now. I was watching Ghost Rider and Melrose Place. <laughs> you know? Like, I know. I didn't I didn't need them to, to do any of that. Um, mm-hmm. so cases. I feel like the slime monster is like but do we want to do a whole other episode for the slime monster? Because that one is I like I can't even. I don't. Kitschy. I don't even want to ever. I don't Watch want to talk it. about it. Like wow. No, I, don't wanna, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I I intentionally didn't watch it in this because it, it's like gross and creeps me out. But it's I, so I, dumb. Even seeing screen caps, even seeing screen caps of it, like I was like, oh my god, like I'm traumatized. Because I remember like when it came out, I was like, this is awful. Make this stop happening. So I cannot talk about it. I'm so sorry. Like awful, like it scared you. Awful, like it's gross. Like maybe I not, not like not like not like afraid. It's just like it's gross. Like uh, I don't know. I I can't tell the difference. I just I have a thing. I can't. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. I can't I tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's fair. That's fair. So why don't we do? Do you want to do Max Mouse? I haven't finished it, yes. but that's okay. You so, can spoil me. I'm pre- I'm prepared to speak to Max Mouse. And uh, Don't Stop the Music, which is one of the later series where Lenny winds up getting oh my picked God. up by a music scout. Oh, please. Yes, we must. You got to believe. So, yeah. Who is Max Mouse? That's the title of the the mystery arc, right? Yes. Um, did you want to share what you know from what you've seen so from far? From what I know. So at this point, it's later in the series. Uh, they still have not replaced Gabby with Gabby 2. Um, but... So somebody hacks into the computers at the school where all the ghostwriter kids go and they put Hurston Middle School. Yes, Hurston Middle School. And they somebody like hacks into the computer system and puts out a mass message to everybody in the school that their principal principal, right? Miss Kelly is dead. And all the kids start freaking out. And then it surfaces that this was a hacker, that this wasn't real, that Miss Kelly is still very much alive. And they have this, they call this assembly, where Miss Kelly goes up and like starts making all these like kind of like sarcastic jokes about how she's still alive, but it feels really uncomfortable because they're trying to like make light of it. And the kids are like also finding the principal way funnier than kids ever would in real life. Um, and it's just really yeah. weird. The whole scene 
was very weird and hilarious to me. I will say, yeah. when you were asking, asking me about the slime monster, I'm inclined to think I was actually scared only because <laughs> even... back to the slime monster! Well, no, this is relevant. This is relevant to this okay, thing right now because okay. I thought because, it was just like completely like no, no, I can't no, 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 stop no, thinking about no, the no. slime monster. No, I'm saying I'm saying I actually now that I think about it more, I think I was actually afraid because I was about to say oh. the Mad Mouse case also scared me. Like I remember being scared. Oh, and and I you know it was a feeling I had, and now when I rewatched it, I'm like yeah, because it started with like this message that like the principal was dead. That's like mm. just really dark, you know. Anyway, mm. like. I was scared at the time. I remember, and I thought, I thought, well, I just thought whoever would do something like that is like actually like unstable. I mean, that's that's which, accurate. Which, <laughs> I would agree with that. I would agree. Um, yeah. So Tina is on the school newspaper, and the the editor in chief of the school paper is Julia Stiles' character, Erica, and she's really, really into computers and hackers and all that stuff. So. She insists that she write the piece about the hacker at the school. And then what happens is someone hacks into the school's computers again and messes with the stories on the front cover of the, of the school newspaper. So then Erica becomes a prime suspect. The police get involved. And because it's cybercrime, like in the early 90s, involving children, this is again one of those like ridiculous plots where it's like, Obviously, the FBI would have been involved. Like, yeah, not even like the local police. Like, the FBI would have been involved because it's cybercrime, and we're just supposed to believe that like the police are incompetent, but that this group of five, six kids is gonna like figure out who this like federal criminal is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Absurd. Mm-hmm. It's absurd. It's absurd. <laughs> anyway, Jamal's girlfriend Jasmine becomes a suspect briefly. Um, Jamal and Lenny actually go on to become suspects later on as well. Because, <gasps> yeah, because in a later episode. So uh, we talked about Calvin earlier. And Calvin actually takes credit for the crimes. That's in, right. Among the, um, among the student body. He's like, I'm Max Mouse. He like, does I'm it for street cred. Yes. And Lenny's like, well, if you're the hacker, like change my grade in social studies. Ooh. Because she, like, is failing social studies. And Max Mouse does change. I know. Max Mouse does change her grade. And so when the police realize or the, you know, investigators realize that Lenny is one of the few students who's benefited from Max Mouse's Mm. behavior, she becomes a prime suspect. I actually don't know why they made made Jamal a suspect because his grade got changed from, like, a, uh, a to a C or something or like an A to oh. a D or so it's like why would he be the hacker like why would he ruin his own grade that doesn't make any sense um, yeah. but he gets picked up somewhere along the way um, it's all very early 90s internet stuff so there's like dial up modems mm-hmm. and the kids unintentionally hack into the school's grading system so it, it goes on and on and on um, at the end, it turns out it's this mousy girl, Janice, who's really the culprit. Mm. Um, and she did it because she was like, people always overlook me, but no one's overlooking Max Mouse. It's like, what girl? You're crazy. Like, are you all right? And then like the poli- <laughs> the ending scene is like a call between Jamal and the cops where the cops are like, thank you. I don't know how you guys do it. And then Jamal's like, ah! I don't know how we do it. 
And then Jamal's like, I don't know how we do it either. And it's like, And they do no. their nerdy little handshake, probably. Yeah. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, exactly. Where they, like, all, all the power of our forces combined. We are Captain Planet. Yeah. <laughs> we are Team Ghost Rider. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Like, the amount of time to realize things on that show is just, like, the best. The best. And the worst and the worst it's like what what show i feel like i feel like teen witch is kind of kitschy you know what i mean like it has like a kitschy nostalgia thing ghost rider like i don't know it is so bad that it's good at times but it also takes a long time for things to happen so you sort of have to like invest time it's only bad to be it's um, only that. <laughs> like, but what about the you television. gotta believe video? <laughs> okay, we have. We, well, thank you for bringing us back. I wanted to make sure we hit on that. So, okay. Lenny <laughs> has a budding musical career by the end of the series, and is um, she's <sighs> a, a, music, a music scout. Like, sees her perform in a school at a school event. Reaches out to her. Basically, says like, "Oh, like if you come do a demo, you know, because that happens. We'll see where we can take we can take this." Yeah. But then Lenny. <laughs> Lenny wants to just not be a singer. She wants to be a singer-songwriter. So she then, like, has to write this song to do this demo. But then she struggles with the songwriting. So she, like, makes all of her other ghostwriter friends, like, basically write this song for her, which is absurd. I mean, they do help her write the song, which then does go on to become the catchy hit, You Gotta Believe, which most ghostwriter fans are well aware of. It's, you know, it's kind of like the Sister Act 2 songs. Like, it just becomes a part of the early 90s music canon that's right you gotta believe is in there it's in there i used to i think i shared with you i used to write um really bad songs and really bad raps when i was like nine or ten um i would i had a casio keyboard and i would do it over like pre-stored beats on my casio keyboard and casio keyboards didn't have good beats like no like, that's no <laughs> and and my raps and my songs were terrible and they were worse than you gotta believe because i i was inspired by you gotta believe to write them okay. and so i was but trying you to but you didn't have your ghostwriter you friends no but you didn't have your ghostwriter friends Did come not. together no the again this yeah, was like that's where, that's where you went wrong you didn't ask your scarlet sensation friends help you write it they were not on board it was it like Mm. yeah so i didn't have supernatural friends i didn't have like scarlet sensations i didn't have a team to help me write songs so i was just by myself like with my little red pen necklace putting on my casio keyboard and writing really shitty raps it was bad well she comes together with her friends they write (laughs) this hit you gotta believe hit um, where the music executive is like, oh my God, it's great. We have to record this. We have to make a music video. And then her like A&R person is like, yo, we got to make this a video. I'm seeing like street kids, like urban, like coming together. And then Lenny's like, <laughs> Lenny's like, I think I already have some kids for you. And then like opens the door. And all the kids are like, like, you know, crowded in the doorway. And then the A&R girl's like, oh, my God, this is perfect. We're shooting Saturday at 8. Of and course. And then they shoot the video. I do want to name the reboot briefly before yes, we Yes, please, um, please. So, there, guys, there's a reboot that launched last year on um, Apple, TV. Apple TV. 
which went on to win eight daytime Emmys. Eight. And it was the like highest nominated show outside of like soap operas um, on the daytime Emmys. And wow. I, re- I started watching the first episode and it's good. Like, What's it like? I want to know. Well, first of all, it's like really high production value, obviously. Yes. Um, so they have that. They bumped corner. up the budge from the original uh-huh. Ghost Rider, which, oh my God, this, the special effects on OG Ghost Rider were like on a par with the original Star Trek TV series. Yeah. Very bad. Very bad. They changed the narrative a little bit in that like one thing that Ghost Rider does is he also brings like storybook characters to life um that only the kid only the ghostwriter team can see but you can already tell like character development's going to be so much richer like oh. the kids have the kids the kids have depth they're actually pretty good actors like that's great so i recommend it that's exciting yeah i'm, I'm, I'm gonna... it's actually good television like i'm gonna watch it like it's gonna be good television i'm yeah. excited i uh, will get yeah, yeah, into yeah. that so yeah, if you um whether you want whether you were a big Ghost Rider fan as a kid or you are not familiar with it, it's a trip to watch. Uh get on the YouTubes and watch it. The whole thing is on YouTube um for your viewing pleasure. One of my favorite things was so because I hadn't watched it since I was a kid and it was actually on TV, that whole thing in the beginning like where they go through all of the sponsors for the show, I used to love that part and I would like say it while they were saying it. You know, and I was like, oh, my God, I totally remember this. Like, it's still in my body somewhere, you know. Um, It's still. Yeah, I had the same reaction where they're like the Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation and the Pew Charitable Trust. Like, I remember. But you can't say that all in a breath. I bet you can. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing next time? We are doing boy band Christmas songs. Oh, my God. Um, I feel like our homework for this next episode should be we each compile our top ten I don't even know Christmas if I can, I don't know if I can come up more with generally. 10. I feel so t- that oh, more so generally. We can, like, we can, and, okay. and we'll put and we'll, you know, we'll make Spotify playlists for the for the for the crowd. Oh my god. Easily find these. But then our discussion will heavily feature the boy band love of it all. Okay. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Woo! Merry Christmas. Ow. Merry Christmas. Yeah. You okay? Yeah. Maybe <laughs> no, I was, I was trying to convey excitement. I guess I didn't. Oh.